How did a shift to serving employers from a different point in the HR continuum lead to success for one multi-state GA? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode is sponsored by Care One Advocates. Navigating healthcare is complex. Care One Advocates provides personalized healthcare support to employers and their employees in an on-demand, 24-7, 365 environment. To learn more about how Care One creates white-labeled broker solutions that help you build your brand, go to our website at shiftshapersonline.com. This morning, we're pleased to welcome Von Burba of IAG. Von is based in IAG's Dallas office. And the reason we were interested in talking with Vaughn is that he's developed some unique markets and some unique marketing approaches within those markets that we thought would be of interest to all of you. With that, I'd like to welcome Vaughn to Shift Shapers. Vaughn, thanks for spending time with our audience this morning. Well, great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Before we get started, talk a little bit about your background, because I think there are a lot of things in your background that kind of brought you to the shift that you found. Like a lot of people here on that listen to these, I've been in the benefits business for almost 30 years. And over that time, things have just changed so much. You know, I, it's kind of crazy when you look at what's happened in the banking world. When FDIC came out, it was going to change up everything. And now you look at it and you see, well, we've got worldwide banking. When the whole thing came into play with universal life, that was going to destroy the whole life, the way life insurance was sold. And then you have ACA, and it's just uprooting whatever's happening in the, the benefits world. And so when you look at benefits and all the changes, I started looking at the, the changes that were coming down and got into the technology side of the world about 10 years ago. And technology back then was was not as easy to do as it is now. And so now when you look at benefits, technology, those are the things that really came into play that I've spent my time on are those two. And now you look at what ACA is doing. Um, you got to have both. So it, this whole thing has kind of changed around so that you've got to have both sides of the equation. Well, and have you found that, I mean, I, as you know, I also spent some time on the technology side of the business. And one of the things that I found was that it kind of changed, not so much my thinking, but the, my approach to a problem became a little bit more linear. Did, have you found something similar? Well, you know, short answer is yes. The long answer is if you don't, <laughs> you build one thing with technology and then two years later, it's out of date. This is just going to be an evolving market and technology and, and communication with all of the things that are coming down with the law changes to you name it, it's just going to get worse. So I, I think over time, it's just going to be a given. It's kind of like computers are. We were all scared of computers at one time, and now we've got one in our pocket with the iPhone. So it's just going to continue to grow. Well, and you use the phrase, it's just going to get worse, and, and it is in some ways. But as you found, and that's kind of what, what my interest was in chatting with you this morning, what you found is that in some ways that worse as you put it, opens up an awful lot of opportunities. So with that, what was the shift? Before we start talking about the markets you're operating in and kind of how you're doing that, what was the shift? What happened that kind of got you on the path you're on today? 
I think the shift that really happened was the fact that in order for us to be successful in the benefits world, you have to be able to get larger numbers. Whether you're talking to larger employers or larger number of employers, you have to be able to have the control and the and the ability to work with larger numbers. I mean, it, it's just simple math when it got right down to it. And the shift was you can concentrate on 20-man groups or you can concentrate on 20,000-man groups. But no matter what you do, you have to have the ability to get to all of those numbers. And that's where the shift happened for me. It was, it was we had to be able to get to larger numbers. And the only way to do that was with technology. So that was really what hit me with it was that's the only way we're going to be able to grow and have scalability. So did the technology precede the hunt for those markets and those clients or was it a a joint um, effort or how did that come about? Joint had to be joint. When you when we when you started looking at the the numbers and you started looking at the people that you wanted to get in front of and you look started looking at what the insurance carriers and again, we all love insurance carriers, but we also look at them and say, what are you going to bring to us? Insurance carriers weren't bringing the technology and the ability that we needed in this market. Their job was to sell premium and administer. It wasn't to bring tools <laughs> to an agent that, that they were always behind the curve. So it was a joint effort. It had to be for us to survive to get to the large numbers. Okay. So if it happened jointly, let's take it apart a piece at a time for the audience and help them understand the process a little bit. What was the technology piece that needed to be put together in order to allow you to continue to move forward? I think the the thing that had to be done is we can all go talk to one employer and it's X number of employees that you're going to then have to provide the, the tools for to solve the enrollment, the communication, the service, you name it. So we had to tie those pieces together that then integrated with the insurance carriers. And you've had a lot, you've had several different uh, technology players on this podcast and work with some of them because you have to look at it. Not one system, not one process is going to stand the test of time that, that we've been talking about that over the last 10, 15 years, how it keeps changing. With the technology set and and the different pieces of technology set, at least for the moment, you then went on a hunt for the appropriate markets and you went to some places that traditional brokers don't generally go to. And that's very interesting. Would you talk a little bit about how that thought process came about and, and where it took you and what you found when you got there? Sure. I have a great friend that I've known for 30 years by the name of Jay Dye, and he has a company called IAG insurance application group. And his history was he worked the high turnover market, the staffing area, if you will, the staffing market. And we work with different markets, but by working the high turnover staffed market, that's where he really started going after the large number of people to talk to. You know, this year we'll probably process over a million six or seven enrollment forms a year. And it's all in the high turnover, staffing, hospitality, retail type market. And, you know, you have to have certain pieces of the puzzle to make that work. So if he's seen that many people, we had to tie together what was happening at the insurance carrier level. They've created our own department inside for on our own proprietary products. So we had to build the experience around and the technology around how you take care of that kind of market. Now, for some brokers who are listening, 
that size market may seem unapproachable. Is it really, or are there tools that those brokers can use to, if they want to kind of change their practices? A lot of brokers are starting to look at new methodologies, new markets, new verticals. Is there a way for the average broker who's maybe been in the mid market or the large group segment to kind of expand into that huge group segment? You know, short answer is, is I don't really, you can try it, you can do it. We work with a lot of brokers that have large projects like this, but they turn it over to us because you don't want to stub your toe on a 30,000 life group that has high turnover, lower income paid type of employees. That's what we specialize in. So we've built processes around that. Not just technology, but everything that you do at the carrier level, the technology, you name it, and the products themselves that are built. You just don't take something off the shelf and you just don't do a a specific process that you've used and you just don't use a piece of technology. You've got to tie all that together. And so they can, but it's it's a lot of work (laughs) and a lot of exposure if you do it wrong. And now a word from our sponsor, Care One Advocates. A recent survey revealed that brokers spend just 38% of their time selling. How much more productive could you be if you had a partner who was always available when clients called your office asking questions about their plan? And what if that partner provided a more in-depth level of service? How is that possible? Care One's Broker Advantage is a coordinated resource for your healthcare clients and their employees. When they have a question, anything, from what is a deductible and how does it work or finding the right doctor, to complex pharmacy and medical issues, scheduling appointments, and even help with record transfers, CareOne answers the call with your agency name and provides all the information with down-home, friendly service. CareOne Advocates is committed to helping you to build your brand while increasing the value you bring to your clients. CareOne does the work, and you get the credit. To learn more about CareOne's range of services, and how you can generate a better customer experience, improved outcomes, and spend more time selling, go to our website, shiftshapersonline.com. Let's go back to talking about markets. You talked a little bit about the high turnover markets that, that Jay was in, uh, hospitality, retail, staffing, etc. You've gone to a, a different market. You've, you've kind of gotten into the payroll market. What, what's that like? How'd that happen? Well, you know, what happens is when you work with these larger companies, they all have a payroll system, whether it's internal or they're outsourcing it to one of the big payroll vendors. And what I looked at is we said, if we're going to work with employers that aren't necessarily just the high turnover market, staffing, hospitality, retail, we need to be able to have the ability to work with employers. And I needed aggregators. I needed somebody that could aggregate large numbers. And so we worked with payroll providers or what a lot of people call service bureaus because service bureau may have anywhere from, you know, several hundred to 20, 30,000 employer groups. And they're they're all over the board. They're small employers or medium and size employers and they're large employers. So by working through an aggregator like that and working through different even aggregators besides payroll vendors, what you're doing is you're you're showing them a a process. You're showing them a solution. You're showing them the pieces of the puzzle that tie it all together. So you, you need to bring to that table for those kinds of companies alliances 
Who's going to help track and report and everything that has to do with ACA? How are you going to use cost estimators or, or analysis tools to show employers how that works? The supplemental products, how do you leverage the carriers? Those are the pieces that when you go out to an aggregator like a payroll provider, they want to see all of those pieces put together. And so since the background of technology and benefits and what Jay has done and what we've done in the insurance world, it was easy to put all of those pieces together instead of just going to somebody and say, hey, I'd like to talk to your clients. You've got to be able to bring value and solutions, if you will, to that aggregator or they're not going to listen to you. So that's how we put all of those pieces together. And their job is to sell payroll or their job is to sell a specific service. Our job is to show how we can bring those pieces together. So you, you've built systems, you've integrated them, you've found some new markets, you, you're along this pathway, and then ACA happens. So did that then kind of throw your curveball and, and kind of ask you, have you go back and rethink some of the solutions and how, how is ACA played into what you're doing today? Well, you know, ACA is, again, like I said before, I think it's going to change the landscape of how people look at medical benefits in general. We're going to look back and say, look, look what happened way back then in the early parts of the 2000s. It's going to be interesting. It's changed it dramatically. You know, ACA is not fixing the problems of healthcare. The math, <laughs> when you start looking at how all this works, is broken in healthcare. In 2000, the U.S. was ranked 38th in the world in overall healthcare. And then in 2014, it shows that we're the most expensive healthcare in the world. So you have those issues already you're fighting with. And then you bring in ACA, where you bring in things like unlimited claims liability and no employee participation rules and minimum loss ratio requirements and all of that. The math is broken. It's going to, it's really going to hurt how people look at benefits. And this is the part that you have to get across to, you know, employers. They get all of that. But when you start working with different aggregators, they don't know the insurance side. They don't know that these rules are changing up so much. And so you have to be able to explain these pieces of the puzzle. And I always give them this, this quote from Winston Churchill. He said, if you have 10,000 regulations, you make a mockery of the law. Well, I'm not saying ACA is bad. I'm just saying there's a lot of regulations that you have to keep up with. And that's what I'm saying when you're, when you're showing somebody the processes of how this is going to work, you've got to be able to look at it from that direction. So I look at ACA is it's not necessarily we're showing one solution that fits all. It's, it's you've got to look at acceptable compromises, both for employers and employees, and that's where the key is, I think, moving forward. And uh, what are those acceptable compromises? I mean, do they, do they take you into creating tr- approaches that are maybe a little less traditional than what most of us are used to? Has to be. I, I think you've got to look at every employer. If you look at an employer that has high income employees, you look at ones that have low income employees, you look at ones that have high turnover or stable When you look at all of those, you're going to look at different pieces of the puzzle. You've heard these phrases, minimum essential coverage and minimum value plan designs and how the supplemental pieces come in. You know, you hear about exchanges. We embrace all of those. We embrace all the alternatives of MECs and minimum value plans and exchanges, both public and private, because some of these employer groups, 
if they have some low-income employees, quite frankly, the exchange and the ability for those employees to get subsidies could really help these employees. So you've got to look at all of those and leverage that. And then you bring in the ideas of the whole defined contribution idea and you bring in the technology piece to explain everything. You've got to look at all of that (laughs) as a multi-year strategy to help employers and employees. You've got to look at all of them. It's interesting that you use the phrase multi-year strategy because a number of the folks that we've interviewed in this series have started talking to employers about multi-year strategies as opposed to the way a lot of folks used to do this, which was kind of 11 months and a cloud full of renewals and then a whole bunch more plans and spreadsheets and whatnot. And the multi-year strategy seems to be resonating with employers. What is that conversation like? How, how do you make the transition from an employer who maybe has been used to thinking in 11 or 12 month increments? And then you come in and you say, what we're going to do is we're going to take a multi-year strategy. What's the conversation? How's it received? You know, that idea is, like you say, it's been banded around a lot, and and I believe 100% in it. I kind of start the conversation a little bit different with employers. I tell them, I say, look, there's a shift, if you will, on how traditional medical benefits are looked at. You know, in the past, it was, we call it the six C's. You had cost, and you had coverage, and you had claims, and you, you, you talked to an employer, and you said, here's your benefit, offer it, and, you know, people will enroll, and we go from there. Now... You've got some other C's. You've got cost coverage and claims, but you've also got communication and compliance. Those become as big as the others were. And the other one is you got to change the culture. And that's what's going to take a couple of years strategy to do. You change the culture of how employees are looking at it. When you look at the whole idea on how claims and people talk about claim stratification and things of that nature, if you keep it real simple, 84% of medical claims filed in this country are below 5,000. Well, what do we try to do, you know, as a traditional approach is we raise deductibles to try to control costs, but you're not helping employees understand how the communication, the culture of all of that comes into play. And you've got to be able to look at those alternative options over a period of time to make it work. You have to consider the taxes, the, the communication, technology, reporting, analytics, the supplemental products, exchanges, subsidies, enrollment process, all of those just to be ready. And that's not going to happen overnight. So we need to start now to get it over a period of time to change that culture with your employees. So we talk about more of the six C's, if you will, of that multi-year strategy. You've talked a lot about ACA being kind of an ongoing process. In the minute and a half or two minutes that we have left, what do you see happening in the future? Where, where do you see all of this driving in the, in the short term, the midterm, and, and maybe even in the long term? Well, I don't think you have to look very far to see this, this whole incredible shift that's happening in the benefits world. Standard & Poor's Capital IQ report came out in May, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people looked at this thing. But here's what's interesting. ACA, they talked about, could shift the insurance responsibility from employers to employees. And that ACA represents the opportunities for employers to redefine their roles, right? And they looked at U.S. companies with 50 or more employees. And if they shifted the cost to the employees, talking about AC, the exchanges and everything else, it could save those companies $3.2 trillion between now and 2025. So we have to be ready for the ACA and what it brings. You got to look at it as an opportunity because that's where it's going. 
Margaret Thatcher said a long time ago, if a government wants something to, to happen, it subsidizes it. If they want it to go away, they tax it. Well, ACA is doing both. So if you look at taxes and subsidies and you look at $3.2 trillion, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so a multi-year strategy to help employers look at the compromises that they're looking to do, you've got to be ready for it. So that's where I think things are going. You have to look at where it is now, that old hockey term, look where the puck's going. That's what we've got to be ready for. Great words to end with, Vaughn. Thank you very much for sharing your knowledge today with the Shift Shapers audience. We look forward to chatting with you again in the future as things evolve. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. For more information about this episode or about any of our earlier episodes and to learn how to subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode, go to our website, shiftshapersonline.com. While you're on the site, leave a comment and register to be part of the Shapers community. You'll be the first to learn about upcoming specials like exclusive webinars and content you can use to take your business to the next level. Again, thanks for joining us for today's episode. And remember, you have the power to shape the shifts in your business.